Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life. With you, we'll be joined by Corey Miller and Luke Heaton in just a moment. Thanks to everybody listening on Facebook, on YouTube. We've got a lot of topics to get to today. The first Monday that we have without football the day before, which, uh, man, I, I miss it already, but, but a lot going on in the NBA, in college basketball, and now the NFL offseason, and so we will talk about Urban Meyer and the Jaguars. We'll talk about Kevin Durant, Steve Nash, the Warriors. Uh, what about my Dukies winning over the weekend? Uh, today's Unpack This is about humor, so stick around. We will discuss uh, what it means to laugh. What do we laugh at? When do we laugh? Why do we laugh? Is it good to laugh? Is it bad to laugh? We'll discuss it all, so we'll have some fun with that. And uh, we hope during this next hour we, we will find some time to, uh, to laugh as well. we got to hear uh, about Valentine's Day. Uh, and, and then also throughout this show, we want to hear from you as a listener. So jump on the chat. Luke is, is manning the chat and keeping an eye on that. So I uh, want to hear your thoughts on the topics that we're discussing. But also if you've got questions or, or topics from the weekend that you'd like for us to uh, get into as well, just let us know. So, uh, so leave your comments there on, on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, uh, wherever you are listening. Let me uh, ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options, healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. In a few minutes, I'm going to share where I think every NFL quarterback should end up. So some of these guys are, are free agents. Some are on the trading block. Some aren't even on the trading block, but I think they should move anyway. So we'll just have kind of a, <laughs> a fun time uh, thinking about all the possibilities of, of where NFL quarterbacks could end up. But let's say good morning to former NFL linebacker, South Carolina great, and our director of ministry outreach, Corey Miller. Corey, how was Valentine's Day weekend? Absolutely wonderful, guys. Greetings to you. Happy Monday. Uh, good to be with you once again. Uh, yeah, so Valentine's Day was, I, you know, I won today. You know, coaches talk about this all the time, winning today. So I felt like I won today. Couldn't get any reservations. I mean, things were so packed, you know, and I really want to go anywhere with COVID anyway. So what I did, shift. Corey, baby, <laughs> Chef Corey uh, put together a menu. Uh, my wife was gone for the past three days on a little girl you know, trip down in Athens, Georgia. So, uh, you know, I had the flowers, the card waiting when she got home. Uh, she went to see little baby Ava, uh, her granddaughter, and then she came back and, the, man, the meal was prepared. Uh, lobster tail, a bone and ribeye. 
you know, because we're doing the keto thing. I did the uh, lobster, uh, excuse me, just the mac and cheese, keto cauliflower mac and cheese. Um, we had some asparagus. I grilled some onions and mushrooms to top for the steak. And then, you know, appetizer was um, a little bacon wrapped scallops. So, uh, you know, she, my wife always talk about being thoughtful, you know, and gift giving or doing something for, you know, so, so I tried it and it worked very well. Wow. I'm, I'm jealous, man. That, that is tremendous. Luke, you're, uh, you're engaged and in, in getting married next month. So your final Valentine's day before being married, how'd it turn out for you? I'll tell you what, it was a, uh, very solid Valentine's day. Cause it snowed here. Snow wow, is great. Yes. Snow is great. So we got, it's like the cold, the one of the coldest weekends in the last like hundred years in Texas, we got multiple inches, um, had my bachelor party this weekend and Madeline had her bachelorette party this weekend. So on Valentine's day weekend, what's up with that? Valentine's day weekend. Well, today is our one year anniversary. <clears throat> so right. a year ago, uh, started dating. And then a year ago on Valentine's day was our first date. So Valentine's day is always special. So, uh, we're able to enjoy time with uh, the wedding party and then uh, some good time together yesterday, just enjoying the snow. We, uh, we said we were out frolicking in the snow. It really turned out to about 30 seconds of running around and then just being gassed because uh, the cardio is just not up to par right now. How, how many times has it snowed in Texas throughout your life? Um, so I, I'm going to go with – I'm going to set the over-under at 10 okay. is – um, but, so it doesn't, it feel like it doesn't snow much, but when it snows, it snows really hard. So in eighth grade, the greatest snow I've ever gotten in my life, I missed eight days of school because it didn't, it didn't, uh, unfreeze And Texas is just horrific at, uh, trying to make roads good enough for driving in the <laughs> ice and snow. We just don't, we don't, we have, we have no money designated for that, uh, with the, with the cities, but all I did was I played football. And then I played Madden all day with my neighbor. So I, I became like a Madden god to miss eight days of school. It was, that was great. But yesterday was really fun playing uh, in the snow with Madeline and making coffee. And we watched some Jeopardy. Oh, it was great. Jeopardy on a Sunday? Oh, we, 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 uh, we fired up Jeopardy on Netflix. We always, we always uh, try to determine. Jeopardy right. is on Netflix? Yeah, like two seasons. Reruns? So we we set the over really? under at we set the over under at five for how many questions we could get right because if you want to feel good about yourself, don't watch Jeopardy. <laughs> but if you really want to challenge yourself with some trivia, watch Jeopardy. The key is watching Kid Jeopardy because you can actually get those questions right. That's funny. So my favorite game show right now is The Weakest Link. So I actually know some of those questions. I do all right on those, but yeah, Jeopardy is way too tough. That's and that's- Bryce, you'll love this. So uh, Madeline's. Uh, matron of honor carly staying over and she's a big masked singer fan so we watched the masked singer i know bryce you are a masked singer aficionado so we were were watching season one uh on hulu which was it was great really fun show have you seen terry bradshaw yet i think he was season one have not we watched the first episode uh when uh so we saw antonio brown antonio brown yeah he was uh, the first unmasked singer that's right. Gosh, yeah, that's a great show. I do not like the mass dancer, though. I'm out on that one, but the mass okay. singer is is a good one. Uh, so for us this this weekend, Valentine's Day, uh, a, a huge wrench got thrown into it. So Saturday night, we lost power. And so we were getting ready to put Maddie down for, for dinner and or to bed, and, and she's eating dinner, and all of a sudden we lose power. 
And we thought, okay, we, you know, we looked it up and, oh, she'll be back on by 930. And so then we had the choice to make, okay, do we, my parents live close by. So do we go over there? Do we put Maddie down there? What do we do? So we ended up sticking around home. And then that night it said, nope, not coming on till the morning. So we were without power the whole night. So I ended up going out to, uh, to get picked up to go dinner. Um, I was going to make the joke. I, I went to, to pick up two chicks. That's the name of the restaurant. Two chicks. <laughs> so, uh, actually, I had the best Philly cheesesteak. It was fantastic. So that's how I spent Valentine's Day. I picked up two chicks. Delicious food. Uh, but we, had, we had a candlelight dinner. So in the midst of no power. Became romantic. And then snuggling on the couch. So right. it, uh, it turned out, all right, we made the most of it. But the problem for Jody, all night she's worried about little Maddie getting too cold. Because we had you know, no heat. Mm. And it was pretty cold in Charlotte over the weekend. So uh, we did survive. I'm thankful. You, you, you realize how much you appreciate being able to turn the light switch on and uh, oh, you know, yeah. not having to go to the bathroom in the dark. So sleeping uh, <laughs> with heat. So you, you, That's you, a, real, a real test of accuracy. I'll tell you that. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> So you count your blessings when you uh, when the power comes back on, that's for sure. That's right. So uh, so anyway, yeah, Valentine's Day weekend. If if anyone had a uh, special Valentine's Day, you can leave it in the uh, in the comments. But I think Corey won on the the food side of things. So good good for you, Corey. Man, I know I, the, the pictures the pictures Corey posted on Twitter looked phenomenal. Phenomenal. Oh man, it was the the bone in ribeye. You know, I've been cutting back on the whole red meat and all that stuff too. But I was like, I'm going all in this time. And so it was really good. Uh, you know, it's just been thoughtful. You know, that's something maybe I might think of uh, uh, sharing tomorrow on, on the Devo sometime this week because I think it's something that gets lost, not just in that in the area of Valentine's Day. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't understand that for a lot of years, thoughtfulness and, and how people love when you're thoughtful. You know what I mean? Just like, and that's a godly trait. That's a godly trait, man. And, and so... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that more often. Just trying to be more thoughtful and, you know, do little neat things like that. And, and really, it's, hey, guys, it's, if you're listening, it save you a little, little cheddar, too. You know, it <laughs> save you a little cheddar sometimes being thoughtful. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, that, that, that's a, a wonderful uh, encouragement. And, and, yeah, we don't have to just be thoughtful on Valentine's Day, but taking those opportunities just to think about yeah. our spouse uh, and, you know, and what, what makes them feel – valued and make them feel special that's that's the yeah that's i mean and just others too really you know what i mean yeah. like others just been very thoughtful of others um and um you know how we can make people feel special because i you know i i sent the i know we get ready to get into sports but i sent the video just uh also too just because i felt what others felt like when they're alone you know when i went through a separation before and and not having that special someone when you're married or if you're going through struggles in your marriage. I mean, it can be difficult, right? You know, it can be difficult being alone. And so many people, yesterday was a tough day. You know, it reminded them of hurt and pain and uh, or, you know, loss. And, and so I, I posted a little video just because I talked about for several couple of years, I went through that too. You know, when I was going through a hard time in my life, my marriage and you know, I try to be transparent and honest with people, folks so they can they can receive and, and and grow because it was hard, you know, being alone and you want to be there with your wife or your husband and, you know, you just got to fight that battle. So I wanted to encourage people also in that, that the, the really the greatest gift and how love, you know, it never fails in God. It, it will never fail you. And uh, so many learning, you know, so many lessons we can learn 
just life lessons, you know, uh, through stuff like that. So if you didn't see that, check that out. It took about 90 seconds. So I mean, just, just um, you know, when I was going through, me and my wife, I should tell you, uh, yesterday was such a great blessing. Um, just being together, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for those moments. You know, you're thankful for even like you, Bryce, being in the cold with your wife and it's, it's, you know, you had to go out and pick up chicks, whatever you call that. But um, I'm sure Christian chicken sandwiches, right? <laughs> but, um, um, you know, so, you know, but you'll remember those things. I mean, because some people don't have that. Even, you know, they're alone in the cold. Uh, at least you had your wife there, your kid there, some families, you know, that God has blessed you with. So I just, I don't know, maybe I'm getting a little, little soft in my older days, but uh, I'm just trying to be more, more thoughtful and, and just appreciate, you know, appreciate the, the blessings that we sometimes take for granted. That just every, like you said, flipping that switch on, brother, and the light come on. And you don't think nothing about it in the morning when oh, you get on, yeah. like, right? But when it's cold and it's dark, you'd be like, wow. Oh, I missed that power, <laughs> you know? So I just, I just want to just challenge folks to think about that. Be thoughtful today to somebody. Just be thoughtful and do something and, and appreciate the things that God has given you. All right, I'm done. Amen. Amen. Good, good, good word from Corey. Uh, one other thought from last night uh, with Valentine's Day. We watched the movie Fever Pitch with Jimmy Fallon. Have you guys seen that movie? No, no. I have not seen that. Ah, oh, it's a great movie. So – it's about, yeah, it's about a huge Boston Red Sox fan, Jimmy Fallon, and trying to have a relationship as a huge sports fan. And I could definitely relate. So mm. especially early, like in college, when I was even more of a crazy sports fan and trying to get dates and all that, it was, uh, it was challenging. So thankfully, I've, I've settled in as the family man who still loves sports, but I've found my priorities. Anyway, the movie's, the movie's great. It still holds up. It's from like 2000 uh, early 2000s so uh we watched a little bit of that last night that was a good one all right let's talk some uh some nfl and i put together my list because i've been i've been hearing a lot of different you know analysts and you can read articles where are all these quarterbacks going to end up this off season and you know we've been talking the last couple of weeks you know carson wentz is on the trading block and all these teams are kind of trying to evaluate what direction are we going as a team some teams have had veteran quarterbacks, but now they have a new head coach. So like Detroit, they moved Matthew Stafford out. Uh, the Rams said, you know what? We don't like where we're heading with Jared Goff. Gone. The Panthers have a top a top 10 pick. They got Teddy Bridgewater there. Are they going to keep Bridgewater? Are they going to try to trade for one of these veterans? Or are they going to draft somebody? So a lot of question marks, a lot of intrigue. And so I just put together a list of where I would like to see these quarterbacks go, where I kind of personally think, it would make for a great story. It would make for a great fit. Some of these are a tad unrealistic that, that is probably not possible contract-wise. Let's just have some fun with it. We'll let Corey and, and Luke disagree, and then you as a listener, you can chime in on the chats. So I'll begin with my Carolina Panthers. Best-case scenario, Deshaun Watson. That's the quarterback that I think everybody wants the most. That's who I want to see end up in Carolina. Jameis Winston. I heard this this weekend, and I go, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I think James Winston should go to Washington because Ron Rivera, what he did with Cam Newton, the success that he had, there's some similarities with, with Jameis. I think Jameis could actually thrive uh, with Ron Rivera. Sam Darnold, I think he should go to Houston. I think he, he needs a fresh start somewhere else. I think the Jets should move on from him. Uh, Houston, low expectations, and you know there's probably not a, a ton of weapons for Darnold, but to me, Darnold's kind of the odd man out. If he's lucky, he'd be lucky to be a starter heading into next year. I think he could do that in Houston. 
Marcus Mariota. I think he should go to the Jets, and then I think the Jets should draft a young quarterback. So Mariota could be kind of the fill-in guy in the meantime. Derek Carr. I think he needs out of Las Vegas. I just don't think it's working. It hasn't been working the last few years. He's still really good. I think he should go to the Colts. Carson Wentz. I think he should actually go to the Denver Broncos. He's from that part of the, the, the country, being from North Dakota or South Dakota and uh, being out that way. Denver, you know, kind of in that, in that western part of the, uh, the states. So I think he would fit well there with all the young talent that the Broncos have. They got some young pieces, running backs, wide receivers, tight end. They've got it. Matt Ryan, I think he should go to San Francisco. I think him and Kyle Shanahan, they've got some unfinished business to take care of. Remember, he was an MVP with Shanahan. I think he should go there. Nick Foles, he should go to Indy, reunite with Frank Reich, be a backup to Derek Carr. And if Carr doesn't work out there, Foles could be the guy. I'll, I'll run through the rest of these, and then we'll get you guys to chime in. Ryan Fitzpatrick, go to Pittsburgh. They need a veteran quarterback. If, if Roethlisberger comes back, he gets banged up a lot, go with Fitzpatrick, you know, for a game here or there. Then I want to see Cam Newton. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know where Cam Newton should go. We'll, we'll hold off on him. Russell Wilson should go to Chicago. He was successful when he played with a great defense. Chicago has a great defense. Russell Wilson should go to Chicago. That means Mitch Trubisky, he should go down to Atlanta, get another shot. They've got a new head coach there. They're kind of rebuilding. There are some weapons there. Give Trubisky a shot there. Tua, stay in Miami. Jimmy G, back to New England. Teddy Bridgewater, back to New Orleans. And how about, let's see, Cam Newton, we'll, we'll send him to Las Vegas Raiders. How about that? How about we send him there? All right, there you go. There's my list of quarterbacks. I'm curious, the, uh, the, the, the listeners, where do you come out on this? Where do you think some of these quarterbacks should go? Corey, I'll let you start. Which one is uh, maybe the craziest? Which one is the best idea? Well, you know, I'm lost because I didn't know you had 32 quarterbacks. I mean, that's that's a lot. You got everybody moving. Um, everybody moving. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't know. I think the, the, the longest shot, Watson, the, the Panthers, that's, that's not going to happen. But, yeah, it sounds good. He's from, you know, he played at Clemson right down I-85 and from Atlanta, the Georgia area. That sounds great. That would definitely uh, put the Panthers on the map. I mean, you know, most people – in this area, I would definitely love to see that happen, happen but that ain't going to happen. Um, what I, I, I like Cam Newton going to Atlanta. Hmm. I think Cam Newton to the Falcons would be huge. If, they, if Matt, Matty Ryan moved on and they want to bring in a veteran, successful quarterback, Cam Newton would be huge in Atlanta. That's that's his city. He got his little, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, little cigar place there. He got down, down in Buckhead or in Atlanta. Oh, fellowship. So they have a lot of fellowship in there, but they're for the gospel down there in that, that Mercedes Benz Dome. Um, I would love to see Cam Newton down there with, with uh, the, the boys from Alabama, Julio and, and Ridley, though they got some weapons and, you know, definitely the running back. I don't know what they're going to do with that, but but Cam Newton there. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, I just don't think he's that good. I think he's a, a backup wherever he goes. J Jameis Winston, I like I like him in where he's at. I like him right there in New Orleans. When the Saints go marching in, baby. I mean, this guy, Sean Page, said he is gonna, he's going to be the replacement. And you can still use, you know, uh, Tim Tebow-esque. Dude, I'm forgetting his name right now. But he, he's Tim Tebow. Uh, you know, you still can use him the way you use him. But Jameis Winston with the weapons around him, with the running backs that he's got, 
He's not going to be in the Bruce Arians offense where they ask him to throw it 100 times down the field and he gets 30 interceptions. You know, people try to say, oh, the 30 for 30, Jim, but that's that was the offense they, they had him running. Hey, just throw it up there. You know, so Jameis, I believe, works well with the, with the cast of characters. Jameis Winston could be right back uh, in a place and maybe taking the Saints uh, to the Super Bowl. Um, I was just surprised on Jameis why New Orleans didn't use him more this year when Drew Brees was out. That, that to me, was very confusing. And the, the fact that very. they played Taysom Hill, uh, to me, there's some doubt there. But I, I still think Winston can play. I, I think he needs another shot as a, as a starter. Um, but we saw what Tampa Bay did without him, which was, you know, they <laughs> won the Super Bowl. But, but, yeah, I but think- they changed that's, that's that, but that ain't a fair comparison. I mean, because they, you know, you bring in Tom Brady, you let him go out and bring in all these other guys like the NBA. Let's let's build an all star team and you change the offense. Then, you know, Tampa wasn't pushing the ball down the field like they had Jameis doing. I mean, that, if you go back and watch in Bruce Aaron, that's what he's known for. We're going to throw it deep, 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 deep. I mean, so Jameis was doing what, what they was telling him to do throw the ball deep. But when you Throw the ball 50 times a game, you're going to get a lot of interceptions. I don't care who it is. You're going to get picked off. So I think that's that's not a good comparison, B. But I, I think with Jameis, with the weapons that he has in New Orleans, you'll have a running game with Kamara. You'll, you'll have – you got weapons on the outside. Uh, you know, they don't push the ball down the field a, a whole lot in New Orleans. Uh, they got a great defense there that can play behind you. I think this is a perfect fit for Jameis. I think he fits, and I understand what you're saying by putting Hill in the game and stuff. Yeah, maybe he wasn't ready. Maybe, they, but but even Sean, Sean said, "Hey, this is our guy." I mean, so they know that he's a good replacement. Guy can spin it, man. The guy can spin it. So I like him in New Orleans. Now, the other one uh, you mentioned, um, the Jets, Marcus Mariota, uh, oh. stopgap kind of guy. Nah. They, they should draft somebody, but they but instead of having. But, but it's kind of throwing out the rookie, whoever they end up with. Sam Donald, Sam Donald is a good quarterback. Sam Donald just is, again, the system and the coaching got him. I like Sam Donald. I don't think the Jets need to do anything because the dude is young. He's got a strong arm. I mean, when they protected him, shoot, he played pretty well. I mean, I, I think he's fine. I do like what – and I like Russell Wilson instead of uh, – Cam, but what about Russell Wilson or Jameis to the, the Washington football team? What about Russell Wilson? Uh, I don't know about that fit there. That doesn't seem as strong to me. But the, the reality is the Washington football team, they've shown that they've got some offensive weapons. Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, uh, Logan Thomas, the tight end. They've got some pieces there. So they, they just need a quarterback ready to go. I know they, they re-signed Taylor Heineke, but he's more of a, a, a backup. Yeah, he's not. He's not. The, he's not the. No way. He's the future. No, I don't think he's the future. And then I, I don't think Alex Smith. You can roll him out as the starter to expect him at this age with all the injuries to to ride a whole season behind him. I think is too much to ask. So yeah, I, I didn't put Alex Smith. I'm trying to think where where he ends up, but he probably needs to go somewhere as a backup. Maybe return to uh, Kansas City. Go back up Mahomes instead of Chad. That Hayden. would be cool. That all would right, be cool. You, you jump in. Any other? Uh, I guess yeah, my, uh, my, list. my biggest my biggest takeaway from this is I'm looking at the first round draft order and I'm looking at okay which teams are which teams need a quarterback the only ones that I can think need a quarterback 
or that like could re- should draft one is um it's really not many hmm. well, Jacksonville of course like well yeah so Jacksonville's going to take quarterback I think I agree with Corey I don't think the Jets so the only reason the Jets would draft a quarterback in my opinion is it new head coach hey Darnold's not my guy I want to get my guy kind of like um what Arizona did when uh, going to get Kyler Murray they got rid of uh, Rosen. Yeah, understandable. If it's if he's not your guy, by all means, draft a quarterback. But, I mean, I just don't understand. Like, I, I don't think it's not a plug-and-play situation. Darnold's not the problem. Darnold was an incredibly highly rated guy when he was drafted. You've New York has some a litany of holes to fill. So I think the Jets should maybe uh, not draft a quarterback. I'm trying to look through this list. The thing Miami, about Darnold, but, but Darnold, then you, he's too much on a, on a short leash when it's not your guy. Like we see this all the time when, you know, a new head coach comes in and he's not the one that kind of fell in love with him during the, the draft process. Unless Salo went to the Jets because he, he does love Sam Darnold, but I, I don't believe true. that's the case. So, but, but I yeah, think so Arnold has gotten a fair shot. I absolutely agree with no, that. No, I agree. It's, it's been, been a, a disaster. It's been, it's been a disastrous situation for him. Like he hasn't he hasn't had really had a real opportunity to thrive. Which, hey, and again, if if you if you love a quarterback, you can't knock that because a quarterback you you can't win without a quarterback. But so I'm looking at this list. Jacksonville's going to draft a quarterback. Uh, New York, not sure. Miami, no. Atlanta, potentially. Cincinnati, no. Philadelphia. I'm not sure. No Detroit. Carolina could draft. So, so far, I'm at two franchises who I could really see drafting a quarterback. Um, maybe Denver. I don't think Cowboys will. I don't think the Giants are ready to move on. I don't think San Fran will. Certainly not the Chargers. Not Minnesota. Possibly New England. Not Arizona. I don't think the Raiders. And then Miami get an 18. Here's what I think. I think there's going to be teams in the back half that are going to have to trade up. So here, I think that, like, I think teams in the back half of the first round are going to potentially draft for a veteran quarterback and give up a, a late first round uh, to, to get a quarterback. So a team, so for example, Patriots could go, so Atlanta's like, you know what? We want to move on from Matt Ryan. He's older. We want to move up to two to get Justin Fields. We want to we want to we want to make sure we get our guy at two. We're ready to move on from Matt Ryan. So they say, "Hey, New England, we'll give you Matt Ryan, a veteran quarterback. You Wait, guys give us a, you guys you guys give us your first rounder, um, and then Atlanta would have the fifteenth pick and the fourth pick to give to the Jets. Which, if I'm the, if I'm the Jets, absolutely taking that." Because if, if Atlanta's like, I need to move up the two to make sure I get my guy, we're done with Matt Ryan, look to a team in the back half of the first round who could use a veteran quarterback like a New England, maybe like a San Fran. Like, there are teams that would definitely flip a late first rounder to get a veteran guy to go win some games. Because New England is a quarterback away. You get a, you get a, competent, uh, you get, you get a competent passer. No. They're, at, they're at, at minimum a 10-6 and six team. Because no. with all Brady, that's going on, Brady covered for a lot of those mistakes there. A lot of I don't those, know. those Cam, Newton, Cam Newton threw like five touchdowns this year, and they're what seven and nine. 
They <laughs> had fair. horrific court. Like I don't ball. think they're not. I don't think they're. They're not. They're not. I'm not saying they're a contender, but they. You get a competent quarterback in there. They're a playoff team. I I, I agree. I think they're a playoff team. I was listening to something that the, the the history of Belichick is he wants to get guys that are under the radar. So that's the mm. those are the quarterbacks that he likes to get. You know, Jimmy G coming from a smaller school and. Jacoby Brissett, and those are the guys, Matt Castle. These are the guys that have been in the system over the years. And then, of course, Brady uh, being drafted late. Um, those, those are the kind of guys. So I'm not sure that he's – and even Cam Newton was a kind of a reclamation project. People had given up on him, injury concerns, all that sort of thing. So that's, to me, the direction that's probably most likely, if you look at the track record for Belichick, versus him going to get you know Matthew Stafford, who didn't want to go to New England, or Matt Ryan. To me, the Matt Ryan, Kyle Shanahan, we already know that it works. We already know that San Francisco has all the pieces in place. They were in the Super Bowl a year ago. Uh, Jimmy G just hasn't been able to stay healthy. They, they just haven't been able to develop the, the, the necessary momentum and chemistry with him consistently. Um, so I don't think they're attached to him well enough. Um, whereas maybe New England says, hey, we like Jimmy G. There's a reason we got him. It's not working out there, but maybe we bring him back and it, it works out here. So I kind of like that coming full circle. And I'm also thinking of teams who, like you said, they have all the pieces who they just need a guy that can throw the rock around. So I'm thinking like a New Orleans. That I think they're because Jameis can dish it around. So if you're a receiver and you're and you're just stat chasing, Jameis is your guy. He's gonna get you the ball. He's gonna throw 30 picks, but you're gonna get numbers at a receipt as a receiver. But if if New Orleans wants to draft a guy, trade trade up to middle of the first round, trip to like 10, 11, 12, and go get Trask or Mac Jones. Those guys, great arm strength, can throw the deep ball, can dish it around, because that's the problem with Breeze this year. He just doesn't have enough arm to, to, to stretch the field. Breeze's arm is just really losing power, so maybe trade. You don't have to go to the top, top five pick, but go to 10, 11, 12, 13. You could get a Trask or a Mac Jones. Yeah. Let me just say this real quick, jumping here, that – I don't care what New England does right now until they decide to get some weapons uh, for, for that offense. I don't care what quarterback they bring in. If they change the whole offense thinking Cam Newton because of his running ability. Hey, we're going to go to a power running game. You know, they, lo they lost the top defensive players basically opt out. Uh, so they didn't play this year on defense. They didn't have any help. They, they, didn't, they didn't give Cam Newton any help. I mean, that was a, a, a just a, a losing situation for Cam Newton. I mean, he probably thought, well, I signed with New England. They're established. They have some pieces. Maybe they'll bring some other guys in. We can rock and roll. No, they, they did nothing. I mean, that team, and then what you, what you said, Luke, is right, because to, to win seven games with that team, I mean, that didn't have any weapons, it's pretty daggum good coaching. And, and the defense, think about this, the defense fell apart. The defense of New England fell apart. And so that wasn't the same team. That's why I don't like when people start, oh, you know, with Brady won't win one by himself without Bill Belichick, and they bring all the silly argument up, like, who means more? And I'm like, what do you mean who means more? I mean, they won together because they had every piece working together. It's the team sport. They won, dude. And well, Belichick's probably mad. But they had no help. I mean, he had no money. They were strapped. They had nothing. They could. They did nothing. Cam Newton was a waste. That's a wasted year for him. I mean, he probably would have done better going somewhere else. Uh, so I think they got a. 
if I'm New England, I move up. If we're going to start over, I go get me a Mac Jones. I think he's perfect for your team. I mean, he's he comes from the Nick Saban tree. He understands how Belichick coaches. He understands hard work, grind, grit. He's smart like Tom Brady. He knows defenses. He knows where the ball goes. You put a good running game behind him, give him an offensive line that protects him. The Mac Jones is a Bill Belichick type of quarterback. So if I'm New England, you know what? If we're going to start over, well, let's do that. Let's go get Mac Jones. If not, you know, then I'm going to go get a veteran guy and maybe still bring Mac Jones in. And But I got to get weapons. If they're going to get back and, and, and start beating Buffalo and maybe Miami was getting a lot, a lot better, maybe the Jets get better, if they're going to stay up in the AFC East, they need more than a quarterback. They need a lot more. Now, the other thing I'm, I was going to say, Carson Wentz out in Philly, they're not going to get what, uh, you know, teams gave up for Matthew Stafford. That's not going to happen. Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts makes all the best sense. You go back there with Frank Wright. That's his guy. When Carson Wentz was playing the greatest football was with Frank Wright before he got hurt. He, I mean, he was MVP type during Carson Wentz. Take him down to the coast where they got a great offensive line. They keep the quarterback upright, and they got weapons on the outside, and they can run the ball. Good defense. Carson Wentz falls to Indianapolis. Great fit. Great fit. I think that's a home run situation if if they can make it work. Now, Philly wants, you know, a first round or maybe two. So that ain't going to happen. That's because his value has dropped. I mean, because the last we seen of Carson Wentz wasn't good. It just wasn't good. But he has the ability to, to go to that next level. And I believe Frank Wright can get that out of him. So, yeah, I mean, midway through last night, I jumped on the Wentz to Colts bandwagon, and I'm a, I'm a Colts fan, and I know that they're a quarterback away. I think they, they can get to the Super Bowl. They've got all the, the right pieces. But I just, to me, at this point, it, it, it's not coming together for Wentz to go to Indy. And, and Indy's not, they don't have to give up a, a ton to get Wentz. And so a team like Denver, they've got to get a quarterback because Drew Locke is not the future, and, and they're – They've, they've actually got a pretty good defense and they've got the weapons on offense. They got to go find a quarterback. And if, if they have to give up a little bit more to win the trade, to me, Denver is in a position to do that. That's why I kind of, now I'm open to the idea. Maybe Wentz could go somewhere else. I don't want to see Wentz in Chicago. I, I just don't like that fit. Um, but, but as far as I just want to see maybe Derek Carr get a fresh start somewhere else. Cause let's not forget. He was a, a an MVP candidate a few years ago. Derek Carr was and Carson Wentz. Both of these guys still have talent, still have the ability to be a starter in the NFL at a high level, um, but they just need, to me, they both need kind of a new environment, a new team. Uh, and then I'm fascinated to see where Nick Foles ends up, but to see him reunited with Frank Reich, I think would be great, but I can't see Wentz and Foles coming back together. That's not, that's not going to be possible. Even though I think they're buddies to a certain extent, I don't think that's possible. So it, Nick Foles does nothing for me. I he's mean, a Nick, he's a Super Bowl winner. Yeah, but he he he. That's one that you know what the horse is already there. Let me just let me just ride him on in. I mean, <laughs> Nick Foles had caught lightning in the bottle, but let's just be real. With the real Nick Foles, we've seen go to Jacksonville and get get cut. I mean, that's that's, that's who he is. He only played one game in Jacksonville, and then in Chicago. He, he showed glimpses, but yeah, the, the, Chicago was just off this year. They just could never get things in sync. Yeah. Um, yeah. They still I, wouldn't, I wouldn't invest nothing in Nick Foles 
He's a backup that wanted as an MVP. Uh, I love him because he's a Christian brother, but but that don't make you a great football player. I mean, so <laughs> Tim Tebow was the most devout. I love that too, but he was a terrible quarterback. I mean, so the thing is, in the NFL at least, I, I feel the same way about Nick Foles. I mean, I think he, he you know, he got a situation right. T- the timing was right. They had good pieces around them, and things worked out. They broke that curse in Philly. But we see Jacksonville, man, gone. Go to Chicago, come in for Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, ho hum. He's a hero. That is the right. That is who he is, right there. That he's more of Chicago Nick Foles than what we saw in Philadelphia Nick Foles. I agree. He's a backup. He should and be I, a backup somewhere. It could be a hero at times, just like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Go ahead. I Luke. will. I will say one thing. One more. One more team to be on the lookout for is the Dallas Cowboys, oh. and I say this because. Insiders in Dallas are saying Dak's ankle injury is much worse than what we originally thought. So he just he had a second surgery recently, and reports are saying that the next five or six months are brutally important mm. and will dictate on if he plays football again. Wow. Like like there is there is, I, we, we don't know the details of what's necessarily going wrong, but like a lot of the Dallas radio guys are saying there's a, they're putting it at a 20% chance. He doesn't play football again. Now, of course, of course we're speculating, but it's, it's starting to come out that this ankle injury, it's, it's a little bit more of an issue than what we think. So what could happen is the Cowboys could panic because it's been, it's just been a horrendous carousel of, are we going to pay Dak? Are we not going to pay Dak? Do we tag him? Do we not tag him? So, I don't know what, how this is going to impact contract discussions, but the Cowboys could panic and take a quarterback at 10. I don't think they should. O-line, offensive line, and defensive back are massive needs. Massive needs. Our offensive line is is crumbling. I mean, three years ago, top top offensive line league. Now we have maybe maybe next year two of the five that were there three years ago. Offensive line was horrific this year and we much need uh defensive back help but be looking out the cowboys could panic and take a take a quarterback at 10 with all that's going on with Dak. maybe dallas will take another wide receiver i don't think they have enough receivers yet do they gosh i mean (laughs) i I, I can understand best player available but man they've got a lot invested at that wide receiver position gosh almighty because we can't pay them all i mean you it's not sustainable to keep gallup uh, Amari Cooper and CD Lamb. No, nah, they're too. You well, can't pay. You they, can't pay them all. Yeah, and they need targets. And yeah, it's it's tough because those are some three three talented guys for sure. It's the, cow- uh, it's the Cowboys. That's right. That's yeah, right. They'll mess it. They'll figure it out. They'll find a way to mess it up. That's the that's the tradition that we all can right, count. Yeah. All right. Hey, so hey, yeah. one other one other NFL note, and then uh, then I do want to get into the NBA a little bit. So J.J. Watt getting released by the Texans. And so, you know, the one story is uh, Houston, they continue to just get rid of all their, their guys and their, their top players, and it just seems to be a mess down there. And then the second part is, you know, how much does J.J. Watt have left and how much is he, he worth to a team? Could he, you know, be that, that veteran defender that, that puts a team over the top? And, and then so who goes to try to, you know, try to get him? Where does he want to end up? And, and I was just thinking about it today as I was driving in. So I'm one of three boys, and and so it's unbelievable. I'm the oldest, um, and the fact that there are three Watts in the NFL, 
Two of them are in Pittsburgh. JJ should absolutely go to Pittsburgh and play with his brothers. It's the best. You don't want to play against your brother. I was listening to someone on the radio talking about playing against your brother. Uh, must not have brothers. Because to me, you know, Eli and Peyton, they were, they were quarterbacks. So they can't be on the field together. And so you're forced to play against each other. And, you know, the Harbaugh's, they were both head coaches. And so, of course, they, they coached against each other. And you don't want to see your brother, you know, lose. Like, like it's fun when I beat him in fantasy in, in that regard. But if you have the opportunity to team up, to win a Super Bowl together, to me, that's way better than, than beating your brother as competitive. Trust me, my brothers were competitive. We were competitive growing up, and you, you try to beat them along the way and different things. But, but ultimately, if you could accomplish something of that magnitude together and team up in Pittsburgh, I say go for it. So that's where I'm rooting for JJ to go. Corey, you got some brothers. What do you, what do you make of that? Nah, I'm, I'm I'm going the opposite way. You know, go do your own thing. Don't come don't come to my house trying to get my tea parties started. I mean, listen, it's great. They got two brothers there already. Now we're gonna have a third. It, it sounds good. The storylines are great. I, I get all of that. But listen, if I'm JJ Watt, there's so many other places. If, if, if I'm JJ Watt, listen, my career is on the decline. I've suffered all these injuries. I had a four year span. Basically, I, I put up numbers like Aaron Donald done. When you're talking about a defensive player in a four-year span, J.J. Watt maybe had the best four years as a defensive lineman in the history of the NFL. He, when he was healthy, I mean, he changed games. J.J. Watt can't change games now. J.J. Watt is not going to be the guy that's going to come to your organization and get you over the hump. J.J. Watt is going to be a guy that's a filler. He's going to be a guy that's going to come in at this point in time. He's going to bring credibility to your team. He'll bring credibility to your locker room. But when you're talking about winning championships, he has no idea. He's not Tom Brady. He don't have no reins. He, he, you know, he don't, he, he's coming from an organization that's a dumpster fire. I mean, and, and as it goes down the interstate, somebody's still dumping gas on this fire. I mean, so he's he's got to find some place that, that Super Bowl – contending and ready to go. That's a, I'm not, listen, I love my brothers. We'll get together. We're going to, you know, whatever. We'll go on vacation. We'll hang out. We'll on the beach. We'll tell football stories, all that good stuff. But Pittsburgh Steelers, not ready. They, I, I think they're going the opposite way. So if I'm J.J. Watt, what makes sense to me? <laughs> Let me go play with Mama. There's that bad man again, Aaron Rodgers, because they're close. They're close, and they got a defense that he can plug and play, where he don't have to play 65, 70 plays. He can play 30 plays, 35, and say, hey, I want to be a productive player in the league in the next two or three years for 30 plays, and I want to be on a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl. Who is that right now? That's the Green Bay Packers, you're from Wisconsin, Mama and M, Ray Ray, Uncle Bob, Lulu, all of them come and watch you play. Like if you're from Wisconsin, now, you know what? Let your brothers be. Go do your thing in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. That's where he should go. Because, yeah, I got a lot of brothers and sisters. 
but I want to beat them because I'm competitive. I mean, listen, I love going. We we battle we battle over the biscuits. Who's gonna get that extra biscuit? Who gonna who gonna get to lick the thing off the cake batter that mama was she making them cakes? We fighting over that. We don't want to be on the same team. We fighting. We need nothing something called righteous fighting, right? We love each other, but we want to battle. So I don't want to go with my brother. I'm gonna go do my own thing, and we'll get together after the season. Yeah, uh, see, when when we, the three Johnsons, if we could step onto a basketball court and say, hey, us three will grab two other guys and then beat everybody, it's way more satisfying to say, Johnson's rule, we're, 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 we win, and see you guys. So to me, the Watts teaming up and going for it, ah, that's, that's the best. That really is. It's one thing to compete. Trust me, we competed for the, the final biscuit, and, and so you, you definitely want to do yeah. that in the house. You like, got to uh, fight. You got to fight your brother. My brothers, they don't want to be on my team. Because they're going to be like, no, see, he going to shoot. Like, we play basketball. Oh, he going to shoot all the time. Right? Uh, <laughs> He's yeah. a ball hog. You know, they'll be like, man, let me get my own team. Even though we could play well together. My brother's a great basketball player. All, both my brothers can play. We all play basketball. But, you know, I, me, I just kind of like doing my own thing. That's just, I mean, not a selfish thing. Like, I, I, I want to have bragging rights. Don't you think Eli and Peyton love when they have family gatherings? And then when Eli had those two Super Bowls and Peyton only had one, wasn't that great? Like Eli, I mean, Peyton was a poster child, and Eli came in and be like, oh, hey, 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 look at these two. I mean, they pushed him to go get him another one. See, I think they feel like we're the Manny. Got, got the dad, got both sons, and we're the champs. We're the we're the first family of the NFL. So that's where I come out. Luke, final thoughts on this. So I'm going to double down on the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to double down on the Green Bay Packers for J.J. Watt, but for a different reason. All of what Corey said is correct. But Bryce, you want storylines? Bring J.J. home. He's a Wisconsin boy. He grew up in Wisconsin. He played at University of Wisconsin. I there is not there is no other fan base that would love JJ Watt more than the Cheeseheads in in Lambeau. I mean, you want to talk about a Hall of Fame guy coming to Lambeau Field, a defensive player to put with Aaron Rodgers in that offense, and as a bonus, he is from Wisconsin. The Cheeseheads would love JJ Watt there, so I am all in. I am all in on J.J. Watt going to play for the Packers. I mean, hey, guys, and the last great defensive lineman that came to Green Bay that made a difference. Super Bowl. A minister of defense, Reggie White, came from the Philadelphia Eagles to Green Bay. You know what they did? They won a Super Bowl. And, man, thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me of that. J.J. Watt, go to, go to Green Bay, brother. You're going to get your ring. You're going to have a rematch next year. Of, of Green Bay and Tampa, and Aaron Rodgers will get payback. And the Packers with JJ Watt, go ahead and go ahead. And, uh, 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 excuse me, Luke. Go ahead and pin down this right here. What I'm saying. Next year, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, NFC Championship, and Green Bay will go to LA with JJ Watt on the team and win a Super Bowl for Aaron Rodgers and solidify his place as a future bona fide Hall of Famer. Mark it's down. a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. No, I'm good with the Packers. I think that would, that would be awesome, too. But I do like the brother. I do like the brother story. I would have loved to see all the Gronkowski brothers on the same squad. I think oh, that I don't think that would, either, that would have either, either been amazing or that would have burned the city down. <laughs> I don't burned think anyone could handle it. The latter. 
Gronk, Gronks are too much, too much. All right, so Saturday night, Kevin Durant made it back to uh, Golden State in a different uniform, and I, I just find this whole storyline very intriguing because, you know, what Golden State did for five straight years, going to the finals, and, and Kevin Durant, you know, the fact that he joined the Warriors, they ended up winning on, on a high level together, then he leaves. Now Steph Curry is having to carry this team on his own this year, has been playing really well. He's healthy again, but he's without Klay Thompson. And then, of course, Kevin Durant leaves, coming off of a major Achilles injury, but looking better, and he's looking great. He's playing well. Now he's playing – well, now he's injured at the moment, but he'll be out a couple games. But the, the fact that he's with James Harden and Kyrie Irving, I'm, I'm not a very big Kyrie Irving fan, even as a Duke fan. I think he's a tough teammate, and it makes it difficult to, uh, to root for. But the fact that those three have this much talent, uh, and so for them to get the win, you know, it was nice for Durant in his return. The fact that, okay, Golden State honored him, appreciated him. But here's my, my takeaway on all of it. To me, what, what Durant did in Golden State, it just gets overlooked. It just kind of gets blown, blown aside. It's like, you know what? The Warriors, they won without him. They didn't really need him. He wasn't enough of a difference maker. As great as he was, it just in, when we look back on history, I just don't think it'll carry the weight that he wishes that it did. And that's why there's so much pressure now on him in Brooklyn to, to lead this team. And again, he's teaming up with you know, big-time superstars. I don't think the three of those will, will coexist in a way that will, will ultimately lead to an NBA championship. Um, but, but to think that Steph Curry... I'm more. I would bet more that that Curry would make it back to the championship versus Kevin Durant. What do you, what do you guys think of this whole dynamic between uh, Durant leaving and and where the Warriors are at today? Bryce, Bryce, Bryce. Listen, I'm, I'm a, I love me some um, Steph Curry, but listen, this 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 Golden State team is they have overachieved, even though they're not really good. But to have even any wins right now, they have played better than I expected, especially when Clay Thompson. I mean, when you had Clay Thompson in that lineup, him and Steph, whoo, but them daggers right there, right? Maybe the two of the best shooters in the history of the game. Um, but when 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 this whole Brooklyn Nets thing happened, when James Harden came from Houston, uh, go back to there with, with KD and Kyrie. Listen, man, you you got. Three of the, I mean, these dudes can can light it up. And what I have appreciated with with the Brooklyn Nets is James Harden, how he has been really the the, the nucleus of making this thing work. You know, he's kind of taking the back seat. We know he can score 50, 40, 60 if he wanted to. But he's been a great facilitator. And it's kind of like, okay, it depends on the night. Any one of these guys, it could be their night. And I think it's an unselfishness that, that, that has to come with when you got that type of talent. And they are displaying, at least for the first couple of weeks, they have been good and really working and gelling together. I know Kyrie was, was set out for a little bit. Now he's back. We're not going to question what this dude can do. I mean, Kyrie is amazing. I mean, this dude with the handles, he can shoot it, he can dribble drive, he can get to the rack. KD, a seven-foot sharp shooter that, that's tough to defend. I mean, so I'm looking at the East in the NBA right now. When they get it together, and they got some good role players too. 
Boston can win the East. And, and, and Boston, uh, Milwaukee, yeah, maybe. You know, Philadelphia people like with Joel Embiid, where he's playing. People said he's playing like MVP type right now. Uh, Doc Rivers over there. I like Philly. But, but I'm telling you right now, I'm picking the Brooklyn Nets to win the East and to play LeBron James and the Lakers. They'll lose, but I think they got the ability to win the East because I think there's too many inconsistencies. Miami's, man, they're up and down. Milwaukee's up and down. Philadelphia been solid. Uh, you know, so we'll see. But I, I like I like the Nets, and I like KD. I like Kyrie. And James Harden going to give them that ability, especially in the playoffs. When, they, when he needs to just turn it up, I think they're going to turn it up. How do you defend three all-stars like that? It's going to be hard to do. No, because they'll beat themselves. It's not even that you have to beat the Nets. They'll beat themselves. Because when it comes down the stretch, who's going to want to take the final shot? They're going to fight over it. I'm telling you, this is it, it'll it'll implode. That's I do not see them getting to the NBA Finals. When the games get tight, when 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 you need depth, the, the, the Nets do not have the depth. They trade it all the way. They got rid of Jared Allen. I mean, that, that was, to me, a key piece at, at the center position because you can't trust DeAndre Jordan. He's in and out of the lineup. So, yeah, I, as talented as they are as individual players, combined together even though they won saturday night i, I don't see them getting through through the whole way uh in the east so it'll, it'll be fun it'll be fun to, to to keep an eye out for sure uh luke why don't you jump in real quick yeah so i think the biggest takeaway so first of all a lot of different directions we can go with this conversation but the number one thing is can we please give steph curry credit because i think the biggest takeaway from this season is that we're reminded wow, we totally forgot how dominant Steph Curry is. He took a backseat to KD in Golden State to win rings because KD was the alpha there. And now it's back to Steph's team again. We forgot, oh my gosh, Steph is absolutely in the question, in the conversation of a top five player. He's dominant. He's, he, I've never seen a player be able to run off screens, catch and shoot, dribble and shoot, his ability for an, a relatively unathletic point guard to be able to get shots off and create is ridiculous. So I, I'm glad that we're being, I think, I'm glad that the season is reminding us wow, we totally forgot how dominant Steph is. Now, regarding the Nets, I struggle to, to, to define a team in the regular season because playoff basketball is so different. Yep. The regular season basketball. We see it every year with the Milwaukee Bucks dominating regular season team. But come playoff time, you take away Giannis from getting to the paint and the whole team crumbles because Giannis can't shoot. He's got no jumper. In playoff basketball, you take you take away the number the number one option is taken away. That's a guarantee in playoff basketball. The de- the opposing team takes away your number one option. That's why it's hard for me to give an opinion on the Brooklyn Nets right now. Of course, they're still figuring out chemistry. I think it's promising that Harden is, is if he finishes the season the way he is now, he'll average a career high in assists. He's averaging over 11 assists with the Nets right now, which is very promising that he's uh, really willing to dish the ball. Um, but come playoff time, it's going to be so hard to – I mean, you take away the number one option. They've got two superstars to go to. Now, defensively, I'm I'm unsure how they're going to look. I agree with you. Dondre Jordan is only relevant because of his name. He just doesn't has, have it anymore. 
Jared Allen was a great piece. And before the trade, Brooklyn had the best depth in the association. No question they had the deepest bench. And of course, yeah, they had to get rid of it some of it to go get James Harden. And that's that's the risk they're going to take. We're going to get a superstar. We're going to get rid of depth. But man, to Corey's point, it's going to be so hard to stop them because you've got teams in the, like, it, they have to make the NBA Finals because Milwaukee, Giannis is going to be taken away. He still hasn't developed a jump shot. I don't know who is able to dethrone Brooklyn in the East. And then come finals time, if Brooklyn makes it, Anthony Davis is a big question mark right now. Yeah. With his Achilles, if very they concerned. don't, if they're not very, the Lakers have to be very, very careful because they, their perspective needs to be, we're going to make the playoffs. We have to rest AD. There is no, no reason to rush Anthony Davis back with, with, with an Achilles tendonitis. I think what it, what it is. Um, that's very, 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 very concerning. It'd be all right. You know, we, we, there's the late show. We call that the late show for a reason, Luke. I mean, you know, we got this is a year we built some great, we had great offseason acquisitions, man. Uh, the Lakers team is, I mean, yeah, we got we'll rest uh, AD. He'll be ready. I mean, Lakers ain't going in. Yeah, there's there's no need. There's no need to force him. He's playing at the, 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 a level at 38 years old. You know, we always keep talking about Tom Brady, man, but LeBron James is, is that dude. I mean, he's playing at a crazy level, and 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 he makes everybody around him better. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about my Lakers. I really am. I want to see the Lakers and the Nets in the championship. I think that's going to be a great ballgame. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take the uh, other. I'll take the field. Put the field in the East. You guys can have the Nets. I'll take the field. But uh, but no, I'm not like Kyrie. I can feel it on you, Bryce. Bryce does not like Kyrie, so therefore he go he, he ain't gonna take Kyrie. He don't no, like Kyrie. So I, I, don't. Can see that. I can see it on him in, in, in this little Zoom thing right here. I can see. It. It. Yeah, what did he do in Boston? He won a championship with LeBron, but a lot of people have won with LeBron, and LeBron's the reason that they won. So I, you know, I don't want to hear oh Kyrie hit a shot or whatever. No, LeBron won yeah. that, and and Kyrie contributed, but he. He bought in. He actually listened to LeBron for that season. So he bought into it. It was a temporary thing. So may, maybe the Nets could get hot for one season. But as far as, I mean, I don't think they will. I don't think they'll get it all together this year to, to get to the finals. But even if they happen to, it would be a one-off. They're definitely not going to be a dynasty. There's, Kyrie's just not built for that. I don't, I don't think he is. We don't even yeah. know if he'll play next week. We don't know if he's playing oh, tonight, tomorrow, next week. We don't yeah, know where KD. he is sometimes. KD will say Kyrie is understood, but Kyrie give, does himself no favors with the media on, on how he acts. <laughs> I, I will say to you, Bryce, you talk about, I agree with you, it's, it's easy to overlook KD's rings in, in, in Golden State. Of course, it's a different context, different, different circumstance, but should we apply that same thing to LeBron's rings in Miami? Now, of course, different situations, but I feel like, now, if, if it's in the context of this is how the league seems to be trending, I don't know if you overlook it. And now, I don't know what 80s and 90s hoops was like, if, if, if it's still the same thing, because there, it still seemed to be top-heavy. The NBA seems to always be a top-heavy league. Um, but well, I just think that Durant, his skill level and how talented of a, of a player he is, we don't put him – he doesn't get the same appreciation or respect for an unbelievable feet and the way that he plays – you know, it's similar Absolutely. to Roy Dirk in some ways, just that the size and ability to shoot. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just don't think he'll ever get the credit for winning those championships in Golden State. So he's got to yeah. win 
in another circumstance for, yeah. for him to kind of get into that upper echelon. And I will say, I mean, they, KD, I think, deserves to be in the GOAT conversation. I don't think he's the greatest of all time. Like, his his play and skill set is unrepeatable. Seven foot handle shoot is is underrated, very un, does not get enough credit on defense. He can absolutely guard. And then to come back from an Achilles injury and score 29 a game right now, the Achilles injuries end careers. They're career enders. Yep. And he's scoring 29 a game right now. Kate, yeah, I agree with you. Because of the goal, probably because of the Golden State thing, he's never going to get the credit he deserves. So Saturday night, I was driving around and you know picking up dinner for uh, for my wife. Uh, ended up with a delicious Philly cheesesteak. But I was listening to the radio. I was listening to a press conference uh, with Steve Kerr, and this was kind of leading up to the matchup. Uh, and so they were asking him, you know, his thoughts on Kevin Durant. They were they also asked him about Steve Nash. And I, I'm going to play this this uh, conversation or this uh, press conference that Steve Kerr had when he was asked about Steve Nash, the new head coach with Brooklyn. And and I found it to be fascinating. Check this out. What do you think of Steve Nash's sense of humor? And I'm being totally serious here because humor can be a way to cut tension. It can be a way to relate to people. Um, I only know his humor from his commercials, but you know him far better. Um, in what way might, might humor or a really good humored personality um, help a guy making his way in the league as a coach? Well, it's a good way to uh, break the ice. Um, it's a good way to, to uh, show humility. You know, I think um, Steve's uh, humor involves a lot of uh, sort of self-effacing jabs. You know, he's he's not afraid to laugh at himself, and and I think that combination of humor and, and humility is um, is a really good one. So there you go. There's uh, Steve Kerr, and he goes on longer, but but I, I want to use this as a starting point to our unpack this conversation today and so each week we we talk sports and, and goof around and have some fun uh and then we we take a look at a sports story and how it relates to our own lives how it relates to the bible and, and how we can be encouraged in, in our faith and so you can subscribe to receive unpack this in your email inbox monday through friday just go to unpackingit.com to subscribe and and so uh, i write monday wednesday friday Corey does a video tuesday and thursday and, and, and we encourage you to check that out. So today I want to talk about humor. And, and Steve Kerr is talking about the value of humor for a head coach, being able to, to break the ice, being able to, to almost laugh at yourself, to kind of you know, have this uh, self-deprecating type of humor, which you know, sometimes I think you can go too far with it where you're always criticizing yourself or laughing at yourself and it becomes almost ridiculous. But I think being open and willing to, to laugh about your own flaws or your own mistakes or goofy things about yourself it does allow people to to get to know you, to feel comfortable with you, uh, and you just kind of let you let people in in that way. And so, for for me, I think there's there's multiple ways to to look at humor in our lives and to almost take an inventory because I don't know if we talk about it enough, especially from a spiritual standpoint. And here's a few questions to to, to consider today: What do we laugh at? Do we have a good sense of humor? In what ways is humor beneficial to us in relationships in this you know, kind of world that we're living in where there's so much content everywhere? You know, we're probably drawn to comedy at, at times, you know, whether it's a TV show or a movie or stand up comedy. You know, 
we like to laugh, right? Hopefully, and we, we find this content out there. But the question becomes, what are we laughing at? And if, we, if we're followers of Jesus, are we laughing at things that ultimately Jesus wouldn't laugh at? That, that things that, that we find funny and that we kind of justify as being humorous, in the scheme of things, it's, it's actually not funny. And, and we, we, I think sometimes we just get caught up in it and we acknowledge, wow, that's a funny joke. But why are we laughing at it? And do we ever really consider what we're, what we're laughing at? And so, uh, so there, there's that side of things. And then the other side of things is how often in our life do we think about how good God is and how he's blessed us in amazing ways. And does it actually lead, lead you to laugh, to go, man, I just can't believe how good God is that there's so much joy in us that it, that it leads to laughter. And, and so you could think of, uh, of a couple different uh, verses in the Bible that, that speak to this. Uh, and so uh, Psalm uh, 126, it says, when the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. I mean, they just couldn't believe it, right? We were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. And the other nations said, amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. And so they were filled with laughter and joy at what God had done. And then in, uh, in Genesis 21, thinking about the, the birth of Isaac. Remember Abraham and Sarah, they were old in, in age. And, and sure enough, um, Sarah, the, the, the wife said, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby, yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age? You can't help but laugh. It's like, are you kidding me? I mean, it's unbelievable at this age to have a kid and it brings laughter. And so, um, so I think for us, joy, laughter, humor, it, it could be a wonderful thing when we reflect on God, when we uh, interact with people and allow people to get to know us and to have fun and to, to enjoy life. And, and laughter should just kind of be a part of, of, of who we are. And I think so often, you know, we want to be obedient to the Lord. And we want to live a fruitful, uh, you know, faith-filled life. But it doesn't mean that we can't laugh and, in, and enjoy life and enjoy one another and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, give ourselves a, a tough time every once in a while and, um, and, and, and just, you know, be willing to, as Steve Kerr was kind of talking about, break the ice a, a little bit. So that's my encouragement. And then going back to, you know, what are we laughing at? And are we laughing at questionable things? I find this verse in Ephesians very convicting, even for me. Uh, as somebody, you know, I love Seinfeld, and I watch Seinfeld all the time, and most of the, the humor is pretty good, but every once in a while, it, it goes a little far. And I'm like, oh, gosh, this, is, this isn't something that I should be laughing at. But in, in Ephesians 5.4, it says, Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Um, and so to me, that, 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 that helps to, uh, you know, thankfulness can lead to humor and laughter and joy. Uh, but the obscene stories, the foolish talk, the coarse jokes, those are the things. They're not for us as followers of Jesus. we got to eliminate that from our life. So we're running out of time, but, but, but Corey, I'll, I'll let you uh, jump in here first and uh, kind of share your initial thoughts on, on humor and laughter. Well, I mean, yeah. You know, a lot of people oftentimes when you're a Christian, uh, when you say that you have followed Jesus Christ, that they – paint a picture of you being so serious and 
you know, boring. Um, you know, everything's going to be be rigid, and you know, you don't suppose to smile or laugh. But but then the Bible comes right back and says, no, 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 no. And Proverbs seventeen twenty two says, a, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Laughter is like medicine. That's from Proverbs. So you know, so laugh. You know, laugh, enjoy life, smile. Listen, how can you win? You can't win souls. When, you know, who wants to follow a, a, a Christ that you always got something going on? Y'all, you always frowning. You're always sad. I'm sorry. It's like, you know, I'm going to tell you about this, this, this Lord that my life is miserable all the time. I can't land. I feel like I, I can't, you know, be me. No. You know, Jesus wants us to laugh. He says it's like medicine. It's good for the soul. It's good for the spirit. And the best laughter is not listening to foolish jokes. As you mentioned in Ephesians, coarse joking and all this nasty talk and cursing. No, no, no. He's saying laugh like Sarah laughed. Laugh at what God does for you, at these promises and the miracles that he performs each and every day, that you'll sit back and say that, you know, she laughed a couple times, like, yeah, right, when the, when the angel said to her, listen, you're going to be with son, yeah, and she said specifically, yeah, right, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at that, don't you know my husband is old, don't you know my husband, there's no Cialis, there's no Viagra back then, there ain't none of that stuff, she said, no, you kidding me, she said, matter of fact, the Bible said it specifically, that she is worn out, basically. That's what the, the word says. Now, and, and I know we're talking, but this, this is how big this is. You don't have a child? Yeah, right. Please, man. But it happened. So she laughed. That's why that says laughter, because of what God can and will do in your life that sometimes we can laugh. Because, God, you're amazing. You're awesome. I can't believe you just did what you did. Only you, God, can do these types of things. Because I, I, I preached this thing one time, and I said it just like that. Because when you look at it, they didn't have all of that stuff. They, I mean, he's old. She's worn out. But they dried up as another a translation said, I'm, you know, I'm going to have a, but God performed a miracle. And when God do great things like this in your life, laugh and smile and share that with the folk. That's called testimony. We're overcome by the power of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. So share that laughter, not the coarse joke. And that's so good, brother. Like, yeah, be careful what you laugh at, because that's not what you saw him talking about. That is not medicine, laughing at foolish stuff. No, that's not good stuff. But I want to be able to laugh at what. Uh, the goodness of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. I laugh at how good he is. Even when I'm unfaithful, he remains faithful. That's something to laugh at. Uh, God, you're amazing. Awesome. I don't deserve it, but yet you still give it. Grace, undeserved, unmerited favor each and every single day lasts forever and your mercy that's new every single morning. So yeah, that, that's such a good thing. You, I was thinking about, uh, you know, Abraham said when you went there, I was like, wow, that's good. And uh, yeah, God can do amazing things and make you laugh, Luke. I know he's making you laugh right now because you know it was it was only God that's just giving you this beautiful woman that's going to be your wife. You could have done it by yourself, man. You know why you you should laugh because you know, Luke, it was only God. You know this. This man said no Cialis. <laughs> that about love. <laughs> 
Oh man, Corey, that was hilarious. Oh, bringing the truth. I'm sorry, that was a little on the edge, but I mean, I'm trying to bring my point home, bro. Oh, that was so funny. Uh, so yeah, so I, I got, I go two directions with this. The first direction is for me looking inward at this discussion of what are we laughing at? Uh, I think I have to ask myself, what am I trying to make people laugh at? So, um, so Paul, in, in a lot of his letters, specifically in uh, the letters to the church at Corinth, and then in, in Ephesians, you read from Ephesians, Bryce, Paul is so concerned with what is edifying to the church, because the whole point of the people in the church gathering is building each other up. What is edifying? Is our speech edifying? Is our worship edifying? Is our service edifying? And so much of what you read, uh, I was reading a, a commentary on that verse you said, Bryce, and uh, this guy says, our speech should be full of thanksgiving since we have received so much. Thanksgiving is edifying. So I'm thinking when I, I get, so I've never been big into, into cussing. That's never been something that uh, that's, uh, that's really been on my speech. But what I do, I do go down the road of, I get really caught up in compromising my conviction for edifying speech just to chase laughs. It's easy for me to go down the road of inappropriate jokes and humor because I love making people laugh. And when it, sometimes it's like, oh, well, that's not working. I'm going to go this route. It's probably inappropriate, but I just love the feeling of making people laugh and, and laughter chasing. So that's what gets me. And I have to think, man, like some days I'll come home and I feel so convicted. And I'm, I think to myself, man, what of my speech was edifying today? Because mm. I made a lot of people laugh, but was it worth it? Mm. Like, did I, did I, as someone more faithfully following Jesus because of my speech today? And there's, there's a handful of days where I think, no, not at all. Mm. Not, my speech was not edifying today. I mean, I made people laugh, but that's never worth it. It's fleeting. Mm. So I always have to ask myself, that's the route I usually take it here is because, man, like it's as much as we don't want to, we don't want to laugh at things that are of this world. We also don't want to make use those things to make people laugh because we, we try to, it's like, again, all these gifts from God, laughter, absolutely a gift from God. It's, it's so pure. Like a good laugh is, is, is just amazing, but we take it and abuse it. Just like all the things God gets, we take it and abuse it. And I've taken it and, and abused it plenty of times just to, to try to get more of it and more of it. Um, and then the other perspective I look at is uh, Madeline and I, so we're, we're moving our stuff into the place we'll be living at. And we met our neighbor and I introduced myself, he introduced himself and he immediately asked me, Hey, so how'd you, uh, how'd you start following Jesus? I'm like, wow. Like that, that, that was the first thing he cared about was knowing that. And I was thinking that day, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. He asked that. And I thought to myself, that should be the average. Like if I understand what God has done in my life, like in, in this in Western culture, there's so many distractions. It's like, oh, I'm gonna try to fit in some godly talks of talking about Christ in my life. Man, we 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 think of the early church, that's all they could talk about. I mean, they got to see walk and talk with Jesus. They and then we have the same Christ that has saved us. I th- I, I let myself off too easy of oh yeah, I had a I had a conversation about Christ a week ago. But like it should be like soaked. My language should be just saturated with talking about Christ. So that was a really good reminder meeting my neighbor. So thankful for my neighbor doing that, but speech is hard. I have, I have failed time and time again about uh, with wrong speech, trying to chase laughs, chasing laughs. I've been there. I get that for sure. So the, the what's that? 
Oh, that's good. Chasing laughs. I like that. That's right. So what, what are we laughing at? Are we still enjoying life and laughing at the right things and, and experiencing God through our, our laughter and responding mm-hmm. to God with our, with our laughter? Uh, and even for me as a, as a you know, new dad with a little baby, always trying to get her to laugh. And uh, I, when I tickle her and she laughs, I mean, the joy of that is the best. I mean, she's just, she's just laughing, having a good time. And so those are special moments for me as well. Um, and just, yeah, just even seeing God's goodness in that. Uh, is special. So, uh, so let's laugh today. Let's, let's laugh, especially in the midst of, of so much difficulty all around us. Let's, uh, let's find some spots to, uh, to enjoy and laugh and all that. So I gotta, I gotta get my wife got me a gift last night and, uh, and she just got back by the way, but it's, I want to show it to you real quickly because I I almost laugh, but it's like, you know, you ever get something when you're overwhelmed, probably like Sarah was, you know, when you like, you kind of laugh slash cry. You know what I mean? That you're so blown away. And I'm, I'm kind of totally off the script and missing. Because I, I want to show you all this. And it, it's, it was the greatest gift that I've ever received in my life. You know, and I'm not, I'm not a big gift person. But this one, like, really touched my heart. So I'll let you go. I'm just going to go grab it real quick. I just want, I forgot about it, but I want to show it to you. And uh, the work that she went in for months. To, 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 so it came in like a cool box like this. Uh, it actually came in a big old wooden box. But that was uh, kind of what it was in. Valentine's Day gift. Yeah. And then it just, it, it kind of chronicles my career dating back to uh, my high school. And that's the opening page. Wow. And it just, yeah, uh, that's awesome. You know, and it goes right through with all kind of stuff with Gamecocks to, you know. Oh, wow. Um, That's a lot of detail. That's it's awesome. very detailed. So um, I know we got to wrap it up here, but this is, this is the greatest gift that uh, I, I think I've ever received. Thanks, babe. So the thoughtfulness, I, mean, I was talking about that, that she put into that. And just, when you're talking about laughter, you know, sometimes it's a, when God blesses you or, or even getting something like this, from your wife, it just, you know, it, it's kind of laugh and kind of tear up, cry at the same time. Oh, man, what a, what a very, you, you mentioned the word thoughtful to start the show. What a thoughtful gift from your wife. And yeah. I think that means a lot to you. And to, to be able to have one place reflect on on your football career and, and all that it meant to you. And the fact that she would uh, take the effort to do that. Wow. Months. I mean, she wanted to be here before Christmas, she said, but it, I mean, so these guys go back and they do all this research to find, I mean, these are articles from 1986. You're old. Yeah, I don't know But I mean, just, I don't know, man, I just think that what you unpacked this today is so awesome, you know, that I'm, I'm laughing now, even just, of, of just joy, you know, having an awesome wife that God has blessed me with. Very cool. Well, and and right there, a great gift from uh, from Corey and uh, from Missy to Corey. So, uh, very cool. Well, guys, it's been great. We went into overtime today. Uh, no football. We still have plenty to talk about. So, thanks to everybody listening. Thanks for uh, leaving your comments. Uh, man, we'll be back next Monday, ten thirty a.m. For those of you that that get President's Day off, apparently this is a holiday. People take today off. We did not. We worked. We're working here and unpacking it. But if you have work, baby. Off, Enjoy right. it. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Also, be sure to subscribe to Unpack This on unpackingit.com. You can also join us on social media, uh, anywhere, you know, Twitter, Facebook, just search Unpacking It. We're there. And you can also always listen to this show 
as a podcast. If you miss any part of it, uh, we're everywhere podcasts are found. Just search Unpacking It. For Luke and Corey, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that's true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It Live podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.